Unite our hearts in prayer and in, in, in the thinking here as, as we're set before you as, as a part of this group and this panel. We're going to pray for uh, Leanne, Lord. We thank you for her efforts that uh, uh, we're not giving up and, and, and coming forward before, you, before us, Lord. And bless us now and uh, we just have to truly depend on you. In Jesus' name do we pray. Amen. Good morning. My name is Leanne Varga. My dad is John Zoig and I've been a preacher's kid my whole life and I'm just gonna have everybody say who you are and who your fathers are. Well obviously I'm the oldest one here of this panel. Um, I'm Lynn Jacobs and my dad is Bob Freund. My name is uh, Gary Weinhart uh, residing in North Phoenix. Uh, my dad is elder and minister up in uh, Hamilton, Ontario. I'm Austin Webble. My dad's Ronnie. <laughs> a lot of people, when I talked about having this forum, were wondering what, what's the purpose of a forum like this. And, um, and really, the, the way it came about in the beginning was that, you know, I've always grown up as a preacher's kid. It's just been a part of my lifestyle. There are things I hated about it, and there are things that were okay about it. Um, then when I got married, I had a new name and a new place to live, and I was free for a little while. <laughs> I could tell people I'm Leanne Varga, and they had no idea who my dad was, and that was wonderful. And, and so, sometimes... <laughs> I'm not finished. <laughs> but sometimes I felt kind of strange, like people said, okay, you're Leanne Varga, but they didn't know who my dad was. They didn't say, oh, we know your dad. He is such a good man. Um, so there were good points and bad points to that. A couple years after we were married, um, our elder retired of Beverly Hills and my dad became our elder. So the freedoms were a little bit uh, cut down after that. And then um, a couple years after that, my husband became a minister. And I remember uh, when he was voted in, I was pregnant and it was I was just telling people actually that day that we were expecting a baby and as my dad prayed for us and our unborn child I just I just prayed for our baby and I said oh you poor child you know you're you're starting off in this glass house and um, now that I had my daughter and I see her running around church at times not being the most well behaved I'm already starting to hear oh you know it's always the preachers kids who um, are the rebels and it's always those preachers kids that get in trouble and I'm thinking oh dear this is this is what my daughter's facing and um, that's kind of uh, it's just been brought to me recently of, of some of the difficulties in being a PK and has anyone ever heard that phrase it's always the preachers kids yada 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 not everybody well that's good if you haven't heard it <laughs> Hmm. We're going to talk a little bit today about some of the negatives, and it's, it's not, this is not a minister bashing session. We love our dads, um, but there are definitely some difficulties in being a preacher's kid, and um, we're going to talk about that a little bit today, and it's some of the, the problems that um, come about are not just because of our dads and how they treat us or what they need to do, but it also comes from the congregation. And that's why we hope that some people would come who aren't in the ministry so that they would realize that there are ways that the congregation can help. 
Um, we're going to start with um, talking a little bit about what were some of the disadvantages or drawbacks of being a PK. And if somebody in the audience has uh, a comment too, please interject because this is going to be an informal discussion. Um, our panel is going to talk with each other. It's not going to be a set time. So if anyone has something to say, please say it. We're going to have Lynn um, start with talking about what some of the disadvantages are. I didn't get this topic because I'm a complainer. <laughs> Although, um, my first memories of being a preacher's kid are from when I was really little. And my dad worked one shift and my mom worked another shift to make ends meet. And I pretty much stayed with Grandma Lom. Um, and my dad was only home one weekend a month because he was on the road being an evangelist. And he was being everybody else's dad. And I remember, Leanne made me laugh when she said she remembers how my dad smelled too. Um, I remember being little and standing in his closet and smelling his clothes because he wasn't there. And my mom was a great mom. And you know most of the discipline and all that stuff actually came from my mom because my dad wasn't there. And when we got it from my dad, you knew that you really were in trouble <laughs> when you got it from dad. But um, <clears throat> I guess I was too little really to realize that that was a disadvantage because I didn't know any different. That's, that's how it always was for me. And I figured, well, maybe everybody else's dad isn't home either. Um, when I got a little older and we moved to Syracuse, um, there were a lot of kids my age, but Nobody wanted to be my best friend because everybody was just absolutely sure that anything they told me, I was going to tell my dad. And they didn't want the elder or the preacher at that time to know anything that might make them look not great. So I didn't have any close friends except other preachers' kids. Um, I remember the thing that that hurt me most at that time, and, and I know a lot of people say, well, gee, you weren't even converted till you were 18 years old. What's wrong with you? You know, your father's an elder. You got a problem. You can't follow directions. <laughs> um, but the hard thing for me at that time was that I, was, I wasn't outwardly rebellious because everybody thought I was a good kid because I didn't get in trouble. I mean, I, I didn't have friends from school. I wasn't popular. I didn't go out. I didn't, you know, my dresses were all the right length. My hair was always like it is today. Um, of course, in between, I got real rebellious and chopped it all off. But um, I did everything in my life because of what people would think of my father. You know, mothers are, Jewish mothers are the best with guilt. Well, my mother is the second best. She's excellent at being a mother, and she's excellent at saying, if you do that, how can your father stand at the pulpit and tell other people how to live if his own daughter won't live that way? So my whole life I grew up living what everybody else expected me to be, and I couldn't be myself. And I had a delayed rebellion in my 30s, I guess, <laughs> um, because you don't ever stop being a preacher's kid. And you do, you know, I moved away from home and, and um, far away from home, which was very hard for us because we were always a very close family and always together on Sundays. And I, I rebelled in my soul and in myself for a while. It was a very hard time. And, and, um, and I think the other disadvantage 
at this point. There are tons of advantages, and we are going to tell you about those too, because I wouldn't know half the people I know if it wasn't for my father. If I didn't go with my dad and sing when he went out to evangelize, I, I wouldn't have never been half the places I've been in my life. But like our family vacations revolved around churches. When we drove out to California when I was 12, we had to hurry up and look at the Grand Canyon quick because you had to be in church at this place on Thursday night and this other church on Sunday morning. And that was how our vacation went. Um, but the hardest thing for me now as an almost 50-year-old preacher's kid um, is it hurts to see the disobedience and the lack of respect of, that our, our ministers and our elders have. When we were kids, you know, if one of the ministers said, please take your hat off in a forum, I mean, first of all, we didn't come in, the guys didn't come in with hats on, but we would have never turned around to the elder and say, only if you say please. The lack of respect of members and the lack of respect of, of teenagers today for our elders Y'all don't know, don't see, well, most of you in here are preachers or, or preacher's kids. The rest of the world doesn't see the tears and the lack of sleep and the, the suffering that our fathers do for the sake of the cross and for the sake of maintaining stability in this church fellowship. They are accountable for everyone, not just themselves, not just us, but everyone. And we really ask for you to pray for our dads because they really need it, especially now. Okay. thought we might have a little lull in between here. But, uh, Lynn, you covered a lot of very good territory, uh, a lot of very difficult, uh, a lot of difficult uh, territory and difficult area. Um, uh, I can already sense it's going to be a, a, a good forum because um, I think what's going on right here and now is uh, something that should have been done a long time ago. Um, there's a lot of things that are, are hurting. Uh, my, uh, Lynn's dad, I think, uh, we, we, uh, we grew up a little bit together. They would visit us sometimes, and they did travel a lot more. I, I would, uh, I'd say they were a little more higher profile. Uh, my dad lived a very simple life. Uh, um, uh, not, not as educated, uh, not, not to bring him down. Uh, a lot of God works through his people in many different ways. Uh, I'd say low profile, uh, smaller congregation uh, up in Canada. And also, I'm, uh, some, some that don't know me also, uh, we've been very disconnected right now. Uh, not by any negative, was the hand of God. And uh, if you know, I, we live in Phoenix and they live up in Canada. It's uh, 2,000 some miles apart. So it's been 18 or 19 years of that. But the disadvantages are, are, are very much, uh, Lynn covered a lot of the territory. Um, there were some differences. Um, my dad was there, but uh, the things that weren't there were the communication, uh, the one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, that drove us to be more of a, uh, a homeschool-oriented. I know I had problems in education. Uh, um, I don't want to get into that. It, it, uh, you don't want to know what I don't know. Uh, um, I feel, as Brother Werner said the other other evening, uh, immaturity. Uh, maybe sometimes to that I'm finding to this topic is, is, is maybe addressing sometimes maybe the way I am, maybe too talkative. If you know my dad, he's a real talker, you know, and 
you get me going, just just hit, hit one of my buttons, you know, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll take off. But uh, uh, I still remember the the few times that you know sometimes as you get older you don't remember real good. I remember that one time we did order in the back of the little newspaper was a uh, little fishing kit, and it was just cheapy, just uh, must be made in Taiwan. And 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 I remember going over the Grand River, and Frank was probably too young then, and 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 uh, we just. And I, I try to do that with my kids. I mean, that's what I'm saying too. With with I look at Dennis and what you shared earlier too is just incredible. And other young that that, that we can address, the, we, we can we can sense is a responsibility and 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 the guilt and the shame and, and going back a little bit. Uh, what hurt the most too is, is is very much like Lynn was saying, and it comes down to respect and and and, and it comes from earning it. Uh, and so painfully, I can just look up at at, at, our, at our elder bodies that are sitting here, and that the pains. That is why I think a lot of preachers' kids couldn't come up here. I, I, I uh, it's very painful. I, I'm not, I, I'm not the kind of person that dwells on that, because that's behind us, and God has called us to go forward, and uh, that's where, we're, where that's where our mission is. It's not what we did behind us. But we need to learn that, learn from that, and God is great. He is absolutely great. Uh... Well, many of you know my father, and uh, he cries a lot at the pulpit, and so forgive me if I'm down here wiping <laughs> tears away because it's in the genes, but I don't know. I think a disadvantage is just in the name. A preacher's kid, you are defined by your father, and friends just don't understand that, and they say, oh, I love your father, and, and you, you wish you had your friend that said, oh, I love you, you know, just for once. And that's, that's the only, I mean, not the only disadvantage, but we can move on a little bit. Um, what has been the hardest time in your life to be a PK? And Gary, you're going to start with this. Because I'm, I'm holding the mic? Yeah. I don't know if we really covered that. It's, it's, I think it's more going back on it. was the, um, the part of uh, disrespect and, uh, like Lynn was saying, sometimes uh, uh, dealing with that. I mean, I, I never really saw that that much. I mean, Is uh, that more a, as a teenager than you're talking about or a young person or now? <laughs> uh, I, I never really saw it younger because I say really, usually they, they keep that life very personal. And the very few things that you do see, it's more like Lynn was saying, when if you're standing there and someone does does something that's a, a dig or a uh, a negative, you know, it just cuts. And people, I mean, as believers, I mean, that's coming from a brother or a sister sometimes, or something that doesn't, you know, usually these people know. It's not someone with a hat, you know, there's someone maybe that doesn't isn't educated and just etiquette. I mean, if you talk to the military, that's just a, they walk into a restaurant, they'll pull their hat off. You know, no one said to say, please, it's in the training. Um, and and uh, there's a lot of things that sometimes you want to say to your dad. I think the hardest thing is not being able to approach him. Um, I just I was, I was just there. I mean, I just little things. I mean, I it just hurts. Uh, I think there's a lot of people. I mean, just the, the hurt is so much greater than uh, you said. We want to talk about the positive. It's a great hurt, but I tell you, it's it's an awful good thing we serve a big God. It truly is, and that's that's. I mean, there's so much that won't be said here, but uh, we. I think that's why this panel is. is I say it's going to be good, 
because it will expose some of the error that we can't talk about, but we know about it, but we know we have to do something about it because it, it's an awful tragedy when it fails. I think that we can all agree that the hardest time is now. Just wherever you're at, it, it's always the hardest time. And you know, you can look back and, and say, that was really tough and, and God brought me through that, you know. But I think what you go through on, on a daily basis or, or a weekly basis is, is the hardest part. I know that I, I just don't think people understand and I, I think we might say that 10 more times today, but just, it's just, your father is everybody's father and communication, like you said, you just don't have that one-on-one -on -one time because he needs to go visit somebody or he has a meeting at church or that kind of thing. It's just, you know, I have a problem. It's something you just keep to yourself or you wish someone else was there to talk to. Well, Austin, pretty much the last thing he said was the first thing I was going to say. Um, I think when we were younger, it didn't seem like such a problem, like I said before, because that's all we knew growing up that was... You know, we didn't really realize what we were missing until we heard other kids say, well, my dad did this with me today, and my dad did that with me today. Um, a few years ago, about five years ago, I was in a really bad depression, and we had had some bad things happen in our lives, and even a little more than five years ago. And um, like Austin said, you can't really talk to your dad about the problems and you can't expect him to solve your problems because he's got everybody else's problems that need to be solved and, and people he needs to, to take care of and the monumental problems of the church that weigh him down and you feel like you can't add to that. You know, I mean, my dad is pretty healthy for, for his age and I mean, now he has a pacemaker and he had to move into town and all that stuff. That's not the dad I remember, but um, he, um, he often told us that it wasn't the physical things of the body that would probably kill him, but the emotional struggles and stresses he has as being a leader of the church. And that was another thing that made me a little angry and bitter. Um, I didn't want this church to kill my father. And I felt like it was doing that. And I have to pray every day that we can all be obedient sheep. The elders we have are very precious to us and the preachers that we have are very precious to us. And if we're not careful about the little things where we disagree or don't wanna obey or whatever, little things add up to big things and they've already got the weight of the world on their shoulders, and we need to be careful that we don't add to that. So I think for me right now is the hardest time because, I mean, my dad never, ever, ever shared anything with any of us of what was going on in his life as far as um, the church and the problems and, you know, where does he have to go to deal with some discipline or whatever. He never shared any of that with us, but you could see it on his face every day and you could hear it 
when he sobbed in his room, begging God to give him the strength that he needed to do to do whatever it was he had to do. And we couldn't go and, and hug him and say, you know, it's going to be okay, and we're praying for you was all we could do. Um, so we depend on all of you and everybody else who's not here to pray for the leaders of our church because they really need it right now. I think um, just to pinpoint a, a time, because now is a hard time for me too, but I, I think as a converted young person, it was very difficult. Um, you're, you're converted, so you are, you are supposed to be responsible and to do the cr right Christian thing. And a lot of times, um, when my friends would be doing something, converted friends, doing something that um, is not bad, like a ski trip or something like that, a lot of times we wouldn't be allowed to go because someone might not like it or something might get out of hand and then your father would hear about it later. And um, that was a heavy burden because as a, a converted young person, as a young person in general, you are trying to develop your own identity, you're trying to develop your friendships, and, and then when you are forbidden to do something um, because of the implications it might have on your dad, it, it can be a very difficult burden to have when you're trying to develop your own self-identity and, and all that. Let's just talk quickly about um, how being a preacher's kid has affected your perspective of the church, and then we'll move on. Um, I think that you get a unique perspective as being a preacher's kid. You, you kind of know what's going on in church always. You know the activities that's going on, and um, you even know some of the struggles of the church that other people might not recognize. And um, one thing that, I, that is, is a, a little different is when the doors are open, you're there. And it doesn't matter if your, your, your dad's there or if, if you know, these, these guys are married, I'm sure, but it's just in your mind, it's ingrained in your mind, you're at church when the doors are open. And I think that the perspective of the church, is, it, it is part of your life. I think for a lot of people, it's a choice to go to church, you know, on the after, Sunday afternoon or wherever it might be, but they miss that perspective of that there's, there's only one place to be. And I know that that's one thing that, that will probably always be with me, even if I don't think about it. How has it affected your perspective of the church? The church as a body is, is, is Christ. And, and if we love Christ uh, the way we should, um, I know being a preacher's kid, like I said, I've been very much in the past 18 years disconnected. So it's a little bit different, different for me. But um, the only thing I can really say is I've had to, uh, to see more that the church is really like the body of Christ, like I said, and it, 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 as, as a father, sometimes that we really didn't have, I've really had to be more dependent on Abba Father. And, uh, and I think as, 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 as brothers out here that are our preach, or children to their preacher's kid, don't depend. I mean, it's great when we can be sensitive, like you said. I mean, I'm more of an affectionate person, and, and to be honest, you know, I, I, I love to be cuddled, and, uh, and I always prayed for a wife that God would give me the, uh, for best for my spiritual man, and God gave me that wife. Uh, she's not as affectionate as I really would like her to be to me. And sometimes our parents and our families, the same. 
as dads. Um, the one-on-one, -on -one, you know, and also what that does, that teaches you to stand as a man, as a husband, as a brother. And doesn't God want that for each one of us? There's too many boys running around. There's too many little girls running around. And like I say, I, I've um, neglected to mature sometimes. And uh, with, with people encouraging me, you know, okay, Gary, can I have two minutes? You know, uh, you know uh, so it's, I'm saying just to, to be more dependent on the Heavenly Father. Um, if that answers the question, I'm sorry. I think being a preacher's kid um, and seeing how much my father loves the church um, and seeing that his faith never wavered made being a Christian and our church so much more dear to me and so much more real to me because, you know, people are not going to expend that kind of energy if it's not worth it and if it's, there's not something precious here. And there really is, and I think that's what it helped give me a, as a perspective of the church. And, um, yeah, the church has problems, but the Bible says that the church is going to have problems, especially in the last days, it, that, you know, dissension and, and division is going to come from within. And um, God's going to purge his church because of that. And it just it made it more real and more precious to me, and even before I was converted, that this was where I wanted to be because this was real, or all of these wonderful men of God would not be spending their lives to keep it going. So as you can see, even though there are negatives, um, some of those, even those negatives can help us have a healthy perspective of church priority, a healthy perspective of what the body is, how the body is supposed to function. Um, but sometimes, uh, because of the, the problems or because of maybe the congregation's view of preachers' kids, we tend to draw conclusions about ourselves that are actually false. And um, I, I sent out a questionnaire to um, preachers' kids that I had emails for, and I got quite a few responses that kind of answered some of these questions. Um, and I was finding with our panel and me and the um, results from the questionnaires that they, they fit into um, certain categories of basically, we call them preacher's kid myths. They're, they're um, assumptions that we've come up with that are false and um, that we need to work through. And sometimes not only just work through, but just forgive because there's nothing else we can do but forgive. And um, I have a list of, of them and also what some of the responses were from the questionnaire that we sent out, and also if, if you guys want to interject anywhere, feel free. The first myth, based on people's responses, I have to be perfect. And some of the responses um, from the questionnaire were, I expect myself to be more perfect to the view of the local congregation now that my dad is a minister. People expect more and comparisons are made, and there are times when unrealistic expectations are placed on oneself. I also had to be a good kid so I wouldn't embarrass my dad. We've, we've heard that this morning. Now obviously, we want to strive towards perfection, but to expect that just because our dad is um, a leader for us to be perfect, it's, it's unrealistic. 
The second one is, I should be mature and knowledgeable at a young age. And um, Lynn, you mentioned this with your comment about people saying that you should be converted already because you're 18. Like that has anything to do with being a preacher's kid. <laughs> I was more aware of some of the struggles and divisions in the church. And another incident that someone wrote in was another preacher's kid was running in the basement of our church and an older person told him he should not be running, especially since he was a PK. <laughs> I'm sure that helped. <laughs> some, some of the dangers of this is that after a while you can start believing that this should be true too. Not only the congregation thinks it, but you can start thinking it too. And we can't expect our kids even our toddlers, to be super mature and to behave perfectly just because of who their father is. The third one is, I'm here only to serve others. There weren't really any responses from the questionnaire that fit into this. Um, it's very related to another one we're going to be coming to um, a bit later. Sometimes, sometimes the dads get caught up in this thinking, the preachers get up on this thinking, and then it leads to other problems with the kids later that they have no father time. Um, and if, if the ministers can't repeat, can't, um, repeatedly can't meet the needs of their kids, as Lynn was talking about before and some of the other people too, um, just about knowing that they can't go to their father they, because he is too burdened with other people. Um, it's going to cause problems in the family. And um, one thing that I think is really important is that there's, there's some family-only time where the church doesn't play a part um, and that the father can sp focus time just on family. Any comments? I got my back to you, so I don't know if you're wanting to. Yeah, We, we did go on va family vacations, and I, I must say that those were some of the most precious times with my father because um, we were in a place where there wasn't a church, and on Sunday we had like our own Sunday school and Bible study, and um, we didn't have to deal with meetings or, or anything, and, and it was, it's a time that I value even now. The fourth um, category is I'm different, and this was a huge one. Friends fear that you tell your father everything, which may change how they behave towards you and activities they exclude you from. I felt that my friends treated me differently and that my identity was the preacher sized more than other families. Um, this was mentioned several times in, in what our panel had to say. We are treated differently. Um, and have different rules and expectations put on us, not just by family, but by the congregation. However, we have to remember that under, with God, we are the same. We are not different. And, and the danger of buying into this constant myth, well, I'm just different, I'm just different, is that we can have problems socially, we can have a fear of pursuing deep friendships, and we can have an oversensitivity to protocol and just doing whatever is supposed to be done. Um, we can also have a problem with self-isolation, which can lead to depression, or it can lead to that kind of standalone arrogance. 
I can't trust anyone. Dad preached in great detail about what I had done. He made me shrink in the bench, and I was embarrassed when services were over. Anyone ever have that happen? Our fathers do that to all of us all the time. <laughs> and, and sometimes sometimes it brings back memories that make you cry. And sometimes it's truly, truly embarrassing. But it, and, and it seems like the older your father gets, the more stories he has. About when you were really young, and he always seems to bring them up when, you know, your friends are all there. You're, you know, everybody is adults now, and they're saying about what you did when you were seven. And it gets a little embarrassing. And so, somebody mentioned in the questionnaire, I don't know if they want to fess up, but they said that their dad preached about an incident. And every time he preached about it, it got more and more embellished until it was this huge thing and everybody was crying about what the son had done and it was really just a little misdemeanor. They got it enveloped. Okay, this. Oh, I, did I preach about all these? I mean, did I preach? <laughs> Good thing I'm a woman, huh? <laughs> You are under the microscope at all times. And this one I thought was very poignant to me. Someone in the church would call my dad and say that if he ever preaches again, they will get up and walk out. And then they would hang up and not give their name. I felt very bad for him and really struggled with how a Christian could do that to one of their own ministers. Hopefully this, this hardly ever happens. Um, but it... it it kind of hones in on, on what Lynn said, too, is that your, your trust for other people can sometimes go out the window. When you see, when you see your dad beaten down or um, talked about badly, and you know that his intentions are, are only for good, and it, it can be difficult then to trust church members. It can be difficult to, to trust your father when he may preach about something that you've done. So it can lead into this idea that you can't trust anyone. Um, we also see our fathers in a, in a light that no one else sees, and we see his real, who he really is, and, and that's the leftovers of what the church got. <laughs> and um, sometimes that, can, that humanity can uh, make us kind of sarcastic about um, our leaders, especially when we hear other people saying, your dad is so this, your dad is so wonderfully this, your dad is, is great. Because we do see the other side, which is not to bash anybody because we all have our, our letdown moments. Um, but the danger of having this lack of trust, even for legitimate reasons, can lead to cynicism and sarcasm, especially when talking about church leadership and general authority. It can also lead to isolation because it's a lot safer than to trust anybody. I can ruin my dad's ministry. Decisions you make can have an impact on how people perceive your parents. You have to feel more responsible, feeling more responsible to be perfect for the sake of your father's credibility because of actual or perceived expectations of the congregation. My father would always remind me of my name and that I had to be good because of his position. As an unconverted teenager, I was rebelling against my parents' rule, and that made it hard for them in the church leadership position. I just want to say something really quick here. Um, 
a confession and an apology to my parents, I guess. Um, for a lot of years, until maybe a few years ago, I was really angry that, and this is going to sound really ridiculous to some people, but my wedding was done to please the congregation where I was. Three sisters told me how my dress should be. Several told me we don't carry bouquets of flowers here, not even for weddings, so you can't do that either. Um, I had friends that, my non-married friends each had a job to do at the wedding and I had one left over. So I, I had to really plead to have a bridesmaid. Now, nowadays this is not a big issue. Um, but when I got married 24 years ago, it was an issue. And I did everything based on what was expected of me, not necessarily the way I would have wanted to have it. And I'm ashamed to say that I, I carried that grudge for a long time. And um, I look at it now as, as having been obedient instead of having been forced into something. And it was a beautiful wedding, right, Barry? <laughs> huh? Yes, he said yes. Those of you who were there. <laughs> um, when my daughter just got married in June, I left pretty much everything up to her. And, you know, thank God she made all the right choices because nobody had anything to complain about for the wedding. But I, that's, that's something that a lot of us as PKs um, did. We either rebelled greatly against that or followed it begrudgingly and I apologize to God and to the Syracuse con congregation um, for having held that grudge for all those years. Okay, we're going to move quickly so we can get to some positive things here. <laughs> Others' needs are more important than my own. PKs have to learn to share their father and sometimes mother with other people, meaning losing out on family time as well as dealing with the loss of energy that gets poured into the church rather than into the family. This is mentioned many times. Father was gone away many weekends, and you have to wait for all those meetings. And wh while it is scriptural, we don't want to deny that it's true we need to look to others' needs um, before ourselves. It can, it can get us to the point where we have difficulty having two-way friendships because we feel like we always have to be the giver or the listener. Um, but it's important for us to realize that we have, we have needs and um, we can't get caught up just thinking that other people's needs are more important all the time. The last one. No matter who I am or how I act, I lose. People assume they know you and know your opinions about things before you get to share them. They assume that you are just like Dad. I have, different, I have some different views from my father, and now that I'm in more leadership roles, I feel torn. If I am open about my differing opinions, it can hurt my father in both the local and national sense because people still associate us together. If I, can, if I just keep my opinions to myself, there's inner conflict and resentment can build. Also, even though my father and I probably share the same opinions and agree the majority of the time, the few times we don't agree are the things that people focus on. Often, as PKs, you're put into one of two categories. Either you're the good example or you're the church rebel. Either you agree with everything your dad says and does or you're against everything he says and does. And, and sometimes this, 
in research done um, on this topic, it, it at times can lead to eating disorders because you have that constant inner struggle and you need power over um, you need power over your something. And it also can lead to sarcasm, which kind of relieves that double bind feeling. You're allowed to say something. Um, you can say the right thing, but you can say it with a sarcastic slant, so you kind of can c solve both problems at once there. Anybody want to mention anything else? Yeah, you'd be You're amazed smiling. what feelings <laughs> yeah. you can stuff with food. That's, that was the direction I went. Right. Austin? I'm very sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> My friends know I'm very sarcastic. Okay, we want to get to some blessings and, and benefits because most people who wrote in did say that there were um, blessings and benefits and, and we've talked about some of them already today. Um, travel was a big one and we probably traveled more being PK so we got to see other churches as well as to see our church as a national organism. Um, another thing, I'm not going to read them all, but... Um, this was mentioned. I believe I have a clearer perspective on the struggles which the church is going through and that I understand the level of commitment which it takes to shepherd a church and to serve a fellowship. This is Austin. I have it ingrained in my head that when the church doors are open, I will be there. And that, that's a good thing for us um, as we travel on through our life. It always helps to go to church even when I don't feel like it. And here somebody got a husband out of it. Feel that the traveling... <laughs> Traveling and meeting people from different congregations was a great opportunity and blessing, including meeting my future husband. Um, I have a better understanding of the history of our church, how and why certain developments occurred, and the simple but widely unknown fact, especially among non-PK members, that problems are much more complicated than what meets the eye. I gained a better understanding of how the body of Christ should function together as many parts and not function by the elder telling members what they should and should not do. And I was able to see that my parents were committed to the church in spite of misunderstandings and false accusations. That made me even more aware that they felt our church as something really special worth fighting for. And that was mentioned a couple times too. Does anybody um, have questions or comments or additional experiences they want to share? Frank?
think that's part of that. It's worth that last comment about the church being worth fighting for. Um, we see our dads fight for for unity among the elders. We fight. We see him fight for unity within the church, and and it's all that time is spent. So our church must be worth it, and and the ministry must be worth it, and the and the Lord's work must be worth it. Roger. be disappointed if he didn't. <laughs> That's why we need to have another Preacher's Wives Forum. <laughs> there was one several years ago, but I keep begging my mom to, to do it again or at least head it up again because that is a whole another session because I feel the same, obviously. Anybody else? Thank you very much. What? Oh, sorry.
excellent point. Thank you. Thank you very much.